Hey everybody! Hi! So Russ and I basically did a thought experiment, or we're about to, I guess. Oh my, I mean, me thinking, that's a, that's a, a ordeal. The premise behind this is, if Jeff and Russ made a JRPG. Yeah. We're not actually planning on making one, because we are only two men, with no musical talent. I mean... No artistic talent. People talents. do it. People much better yeah. than you or I. <laughs> but somebody's got to be You're... able to, you know, create a sprite, which is beyond us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, we're not making a game. But I was thinking maybe it would be interesting if Russ and I were to collaborate on what we would include in a game if we were to make one. Since, after all these episodes of Home on the RNG, we are something of yeah. JRPG experts. I have all the theoretical experience one would ever need. So, uh, we have not discussed this ahead of time, because I think it would be interesting to see where we come down on. Yeah. We're not going to line out like the actual plot of the game, because we don't have one, because we're not making one. But we will talk about, like, elements in the plot that we want. For example, the first thing I'll throw out is I would like to, at some point, one of the main party members dies and doesn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that as a plot point. It doesn't happen as often as you think. Right. And it's I usually mean, pretty powerful. One huge example. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready to spoil a 20-year-old thing? <laughs> yes, Ares. Yeah. Um, Although, honestly, when I start thinking about permanent death in a JRPG, the one that really leaps to mind now is the guy in Persona 3. Yeah. I don't even I mean, remember his name, but it's... <laughs> he made such an impact on you. No, I can picture him. I'm not great with character names. You know this. Shinji. Shinjiro. Okay. Shinji. But it was, it was very powerful. It was yeah. unexpected, and it was really well done. Yeah. Ares was good, too. It was also unexpected. Um... And I think that's part of it. It it, ne it needs to be unexpected, but it definitely establishes stakes. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, now this is for real. And it kind of can make those characters a little bit more tragic, and you become more nostalgic for them. Right. Exactly. Because their time is limited. So I would like to include that. What is something, a mechanic or a narrative point, that you would want to see in our JRPG? What we have to have is really good little incidental bloopy sounds when the dialogue comes up. Like in Golden Sun? Like in Golden <laughs> Sun, yes. Or like, <laughs> a, or like a little typewriter sound, or like, yeah. Okay. Some little, uh, yeah. I like that. I'm going to throw out a mechanic. The rolling HP counter. Yes. I don't know of any other game that did it besides Earthbound. No, but I think it's great. Because that way, enemies hit you, you're like, okay, I'm going to die, but maybe I have time to heal, maybe I have time to finish this fight, mm -hmm. and using the luck mechanic to, you know, that shot should have killed you, and it might kill you, and then it stops at one, and you didn't know it was going to. I like that. Yeah, I want to incorporate good. that as part mm -hmm. of it, too. So you actually have time to react to some things. I like it a lot. I haven't seen it in many places. I want to use it. Okay. What else have you got? That's fair. I need, um, for anyone that saw our Final Fantasy IV review, I need... That isn't going to air before this. Oh, well, stay tuned for yes. our Final Fantasy IV review, and this comment will be extended in that. I need I need uh, customizable characters. I need characters that you can choose what abilities they learn, um, or characters that you choose a class. 
So I thought about this too. Mm-hmm. I was thinking I like a good job system, a job and I was system. thinking a job system would be good. But I actually thought, what do you think about this now? Mm-hmm. So we'll design the characters that are going to be in the party. We give them a primary class that is part of who they are. Sure, right. But the player can choose a secondary class, mm-hmm. or possibly we could figure out like if they max out a secondary class. They can retain some of those abilities and have a tertiary class. Okay. So there's some sure. customization there. Yeah. But they do come with a primary unchangeable class. No, that's fine. That defines that their is, character. I mean, an extension of Octopath Traveler, which was fine. Yeah, I would take it, I would make it more I extreme mean, flesh than that. that. Yes. Yeah, Octopath Traveler was, for good and bad, extremely simple. But as I was yeah. thinking about creating characters, like, it's hard to create really memorable characters if the player has 100% customization right. option over them. So I thought, I'll meet. let's do it halfway. Right? Yes, a job system, right. but the characters sure. automatically have a... Which would also be fun to design the sprites because an element of their primary job would come through in the secondary job. Oh, that would be neat. Yeah. That would be very And neat. we could do something somewhere between Final Fantasy V and Final Fantasy Tactics. Because I like how Tactics lets you do, like... Ooh, I want the movement skill from this job that I learned. Yeah. So I I, I want to figure out how much is too much granularity and dial it back just a little. Okay. But I do want there to be more customization than just, oh, uh, he's a gambler and I also made him a gladiator. Yeah. I want more than that, Definitely. but maybe less than the Final Fantasy Tactics. Sure. Somewhere in there. Sure. No, that sounds that sounds great actually. Final Fantasy job systems are just. A godsend. <laughs> now that's the thing, though. We're gonna have to come up with jobs that are not just ripping off sure, Final Fantasy, yeah. uh, and that could almost be a whole other discussion. Us trying to come up with the jobs for this game, and maybe we'll do it another time. I wasn't planning on trying to break them all down here. <gasps> we should do a job system, our own job system. Yeah, I mean, dental hygienist. <laughs> we should. Not Wouldn't do that a be job great? System. Modern day RPG. And the jobs are, like, paralegal. See, I'd like to do the setting... Part of me wants to say don't have the setting as a fantasy setting. Yeah. But another part of me is like, but that's what these games are at their best. Like, it'd be interesting to do, say, a Wild West setting. Because there's almost no JRPGs set like that. Yeah. Except then that limits your jobs and it limits... Exactly. You have to... I think for a good job system, you have to keep it more open than that. Yeah. So, are so are we stuck with now a fantasy setting? I mean, it could be a hybrid. Wild Wild Arms comes to mind because Wild Arms attempts a, a Wild West setting is interesting because Wild Arms attempts a Wild West setting in every game. The third game is the only one where I feel like it kind of gets it right, but it doesn't have a job system. So it would be fun to have. Um, more I like, mean, it could be a like fantasy, fantasy western. That's what I'm saying, like a like fantasy inspired thing. So, not, instead of being fantasy steampunk like Final Fantasy VI, we make it fantasy western. Fantasy western. I think we could work with that. I yeah. think we could make that work. Uh, or like you have like a ooh. gun mage, but it's like six shooters. So, in order to keep it more realistic, the majority of the game would happen in this frontier, right? The, this western setting. But there is a more cultured, more civilized, where the population is more localized, mm-hmm. uh, an empire, a kingdom, whatever. Okay. That is a little bit, a little bit better on technology, hygiene, all that. Less Western, <laughs> like more urban. Yeah. 
but right. not wildly out of proportion. Right. All right, I think yeah, and we do most of our time out here, but we will occasionally mm -hmm. do bits in here. Sure. Okay, I can work with that as a setting. Uh, here's one that this was the one thing I mentioned to you as an example of what I was talking about, and you immediately said no. So this should be fun. I would like it to be a rotating cast of characters based on the narrative. As you play through, your party members leave and new ones join, and you don't have control over it till near the end. I'm not saying before the final dungeon. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is I want you to have been forced to play as every character before you're allowed to start picking your own party. I can get on board with that as long as we don't push it off more than like the halfway point. Because I'm okay with a sampling of every character, but if you're like... I was thinking three-fourths. If you're like that far into the game and I'm still being forced to use somebody I hate, I'm real mad. Well, see, because here's my problem that I'm I have with mad. a lot of these games is most games that let me pick my party, I usually spend that entire game with the starting party. Because I've gotten comfortable with them, I know them, I might swap one of them out. But like Final Fantasy VII, when I play it, it's me, it's Tifa, it's Barrett. That's my party almost every time. How sad for you. Well, because it's what I'm used to, and if you don't force me to play as these other characters, why should I? Whereas if you if we arrange it in a narrative more like Final... I keep using Final Fantasy examples because well, I'm limited. The, yeah. But if you use it more like Final Fantasy IV where, okay, for this part of the story, these are your characters, then when the time comes for you to pick your own party, you really have played as everybody. You know who you like, and you know who you want to go through the end of the game with. Yeah. I'm good with Final Fantasy VI, where basically the first half gives you set party members for set missions, and then the second half has you just collecting everybody. That's as far as I would go. Uh, this game's really, never going to happen. In Final Fantasy IV, did you pick different people at the end? Well... Of the... I mean, of the versions. In the version that lets me, I usually replace... I mean, you really? I replace Edge with Yang. Oh, okay. Every time. But doesn't everybody... <laughs> isn't that just... That's just yeah. common sense. I just do like Sid and Edward and Palum and Perum. And That's your party? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. Any party that doesn't have Edward, not going to make it. Yeah. All right, so what else have you got? What else are we putting in this game? I, I would like a semi, semi-silent protagonist. So okay. you are making choices. You're making dialogue choices. And dialogue choices have a modicum of, uh, of uh, different outcomes, depending on what choice you make, and selectable male or female protagonists. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I was actually thinking we just make it a female protagonist. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, sure. We, that way, we can, have the, we can collect the tears of male supremacists <laughs> who are like, I can't play I, the game because oh, I, I can't be yeah. a woman. Well, then this game's not I for you. I like the idea of, of selectable male or female because I feel like so many games, as a good thing, do go with female protagonists now. I feel like I play as female protagonists a lot. Not that that's bad, but okay. I do like the idea of I don't, okay, let's the do person it then. the ability to choose their gender. Let's go ahead and Especially give them the ability to choose Especially for people that like to gender. insert themselves in games. I'm not necessarily one of those people. But I know there are people that like a self-insert, so that's what I think is there. 
Okay. I'm okay with that. It'll be interesting to tweak the storyline. That's the thing, though. We yes, we need to, to make it so the gender matters a little. I don't right. want it to be very obvious that, oh, no, you can play as either gender and no dialogue, no dialogue. changes. No, uh, we would have to actually go in and make it two slightly different You know, games. An, an idea that I had, because I, th- I saw, used to see it occasionally, especially older RPGs, is like a dungeon that only female characters can go in or something. And it was usually like really sexist about it. We wouldn't do that. But like, say like your main character is a female and they can only do this. Or if your main character is male, then they can... What if we also made it... I mean, we're not really making the game, so let's go big. What if we made it so that the male and the female protagonist encounter different events in the story at different times? Different party members join them at different times. We make it so it's the same basic story. Mm -hmm. But because the male and the female are two different people, they start from two different areas... Oh, they come into good. the story in a different way. Yeah. Like Star Ocean 2. So they might meet the, the, they'll meet the characters in a completely different order. They'll maybe do dungeons in a different order. Sure, yeah. I mean, we're not making two different games. We're just reordering the same game depending on your choice at the beginning. That's a good idea. Okay. I like that. I like that idea. And that doesn't even have to be... I mean, I know it doesn't even have to be regulated to, like, male or female or whatever. You can say, I start from this place or this place. or I like that idea, though. Well, I, I like... We want to make sure that it's not just, are you male or female? No, these are two different people. Right. So much so that when you pick the character, we could even give a little background. Mm-hmm. And that way you're not picking them based on gender. You're picking them based on which story you prefer. Yeah. Like, this person versus this person, not this gender versus mm-hmm. this gender. Star Ocean 2 did that in a very limited way. It was only the introduction. It was only the prologue. But the prologue was completely different. Persona 3 made a different game. Persona 3 did make a... When you pick female, it is apparently a different game. And now they pretend like she doesn't exist, so... But Theodore, who only she (laughs) encounters, is referenced in many of the spinoff games. She's in the new Dungeon Crawler, so I guess they'll... Yeah, there you go. I... The new isometric dungeon crawl. I couldn't do it. I love Persona. I played all the spinoffs, but Persona Q, I could not do. I, I, I just couldn't. I can't do it. I just can't, man. That makes me sad that they're making a sequel because I can't. I can't. I just can't. Do I'm it. sorry. I'm sorry. Your life is so hard. What else do you like? I'm surprised you haven't set a dating sim yet or a, a, well. some kind of dating system. <laughs> I mean... Was it coming? And then uh, I just jumped the ship? I guess it was coming. I... Yeah. I... Am honestly, really, truly, and honestly less keen on the dating sims than I used to be. I feel like some games do it correctly. I feel like Persona does it correctly. And, like, pretty respectfully of people, unless you're, like, dating the teacher. That one's weird. I mean, that one's weird, but... You know, we would have to do it really... I I would be okay with there being romance options as long know, as it wasn't a major element of the game. Not a major element. Here's my example, and this is going to be a deep dive for JRPG okay. people. But Trails, the Trails series of games, latest series Trails of Cold Steel, has a mechanic like that. And if you, you play a male main character, so if you pick the like the girls to hang out with, it does turn into a romance. But you can also choose to hang out with the guys 
and you just kind of have a friendship. So my idea is like there is like a system where you can hang out with different characters and have like bonding things with different characters. Star Ocean also did this, but maybe none of them are really like romance so that it doesn't get like cheesy and pervy and weird. It's just like you get to pick like a character that you like and then you get to hang out with them and you get to learn more about them. Okay, and we can and then it's leave like the possibility of romance up to the person playing. Like, okay, Correct. in your own head, if you want to, right. if you want to pair these two together, we won't contradict that. Yeah. But we're not going to give you enough to prove it either. That's something I've actually always wanted in games that have dating sims. Is like, let me do those events, but then at the end of it, let me pick. Like, okay, do I really want it on that level, or did I just really like this character and I just want to say like, oh, this character is my best buddy. And I think that it's very fair, too, to, like, asexual people or, you know, like, people that aren't necessarily interested in Sure, and it doesn't like make that. the game about the dating mechanic, because there's not yes, one. and I wouldn't want it inserted, like, so heavily. It would just be Star Ocean is my best, like, Star Ocean 1 and 2 is my best example, where you're just kind of, like, getting to know the characters, and there kind of is a romance aspect to it, but it's also just, like, getting to know the characters more than you would through the main story. So we talked about this briefly off camera, and that is if we were to actually make a game, which is the point of this video, it would probably have to be 16-bit. It would have to have a retro look oh, I would because want it to. we don't have the ability to make like Dragon Quest XI. Yeah. We just can't. That's a massive well, team no, and millions of right. dollars. So if we were to make one, 16-bit would actually be as good as we would hope for. Like that would be the goal we would aim for. So with that in mind, one of the things I always like in games is when you equip armor or weapons, the look changes. Mm -hmm. Now with 16-bit, maybe changing the clothing to match new armor, not so much. Because there's not enough fine detail. Mm -hmm. And we will have different character models related to jobs. For the job. But at least yes. for the weapons, I want the weapons to look different when you equip a new weapon. That, I like that too. I like it a lot. Oh, and we should make sure when you're shopping, you can tell if a weapon's better or worse than something <laughs> right. that somebody has equipped. All of the all of the little conveniences. Yes. Yeah. What tropes do we really want to include? Well, the the significant character dying. I don't mean whatever sure. that. That's a good one. Um, I would. Do we want priests to be where we save the game? No, I don't want any religion. Okay. All right. I want... Uh, no religion exists in the world? Well, not no religion exists in the world. Because that's, it, for me, that's one of the fun things about a fantasy setting is the gods could be real. And that's fun for me uh, because you don't know if they are or they aren't until they are yeah. or they aren't. Right. I would want, speaking of that, I would want the gods to not be real. I always want, like, an RPG where there is this big... Uh, religion or legend of these great heroes or something like that and then it turns out to all be like made up bullcrap an atheist JRPG <laughs> not sure I always like the settings where the gods are real that's just I'm me. the total opposite I like to be I like it to be like all of these legends about the great hero actually weren't true the great hero didn't really exist or he was 
so we're we're gonna have to meet in the middle where there's no conclusive proof either way, <laughs> and the the gamer could come away with either opinion. I get opinion. tired. This is the thing. I get tired of RPGs where like whatever the legend is about the legendary hero or the legend of the god that created the world is always true. I feel like it's almost always true. So I did an interesting thing. I'm actually writing a fantasy novel right now. And I guess anybody watching this, this is a sneak peek for a book that won't come out for years. But uh, I had to come up with a pantheon because it's a fantasy novel. I need some kind of structure, some kind of pantheon. And I tried to think, and I was having a really hard time coming up with how do I want this to work? Um, and I finally, I was thinking about it every night as I went to sleep. It was, I was tossing and turning and I finally got the answer. Like my brain gave me a dream with the answer. And I was like, ooh, I like that. I'll take that story. And it was, at one point there was one god uh, but he wasn't the nicest guy. Mm -hmm. He created the world, sure, but it was mostly for his own entertainment. He had no vested interest in the well-being of the mortals. And so one of the humans uh, went around to all the powerful beings, dragons and whatnot, and got what he needed to be able to confront God and slayed him. He cut him into multiple pieces. He dismembered okay. him, sure. and each of the bits of God became a smaller God that was like, okay, no, seriously, we'll help. Like... We will serve man. Don't kill us. Okay. And so in the in that setting, now you have this pantheon of gods. You've got the mother and the god of knowledge and all these various. And then in the small temple is revered Aram the God Slayer. Because, you know, his sword is there. Okay. And if ever the gods fail in their duty to humanity again, we're coming back. Okay. I actually, like, yeah. I love building a mythology around that that helps okay. define the world. And I want it to all be bullshit. I said shit, sorry. You're a monster. I am a monster. Such language. There are children watching this right now. Yeah. Hi, kids. Hi. Russ didn't mean to say a bad word. And he also doesn't mean to imply that God doesn't exist in our world. We're just talking about the fantasy worlds. <sighs> anyway. Also, Santa's real. Santa is real. Santa is very real, yes. But don't fall for that tooth fairy stuff. That's really the Easter bunny. <laughs> I mean, what do you think he does the rest of the year? All right. Uh, is our main character going to be a teenager? No. I'd, I'd actually, yeah, I'd actually like it to be somebody in their mid-20s. I mid -20s. need, yes, I need 21 and up for a main character. At most, I would be okay with there being one teenage character in the group. Yeah. But I want the rest to be actual adults going out and saving the Here's world. Here's my one thing about not making the character too old like we are is 35 the... <laughs> is not too old but here's my no here's my point so again i'm going to talk about trails a lot in this okay. review because a new one's coming out this year and there's some re-releases and it's been on my mind so a, a good thing that they do in all the trails games is the main characters are teenagers which i would want a character a little bit older than that but if you get too much older point is the teenagers the way they frame the story teenagers are good pov characters because they're learning about the world and they're learning about all of the different factions and religions and kingdoms and everything along with the player so i feel like if you put in a character that's like our age like that character should already pretty much know some stuff so i would still want like well an he could early he could be character Okay, I get what you're saying. You know there saying? could be a mentor-mentee relationship that you could use to explain it, but I get what you're saying. There could be. There's certainly that's another option. But I'm just saying, I look at the the Trails games, which I love, and I'm like, 
this is just a really good way, by, like in the first Trails in the Sky, by making Estelle and Joshua 16-year-old junior bracers at the Bracer Guild. Then they're able to travel around the uh, country, and they kind of learn about all of the different regions and all the different everything along with the player, because they're just young, dumb kids just trying their best. So it is a good way to frame the narrative. And that's all I'm saying. But I would want, like, 21, 22-year-old okay. character. So we're going to have a 20-year-old who's in charge of the army. He's a general of the army of his kingdom. <laughs> Sorry, Final Fantasy IV. I'm sorry. That was. Are we going to have ancient robots in a fantasy setting? I want to say no to ancient, but right. I'd kind of like clockwork robots. Oh, sure. Yeah. As something interesting. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm borrowing from the fantasy novel I'm writing, which is... Yeah, ancient robots, ancient technology and stuff, that kind of stuff is overdone. I, would, I do like the idea of maybe an organization working in secret that has some more advanced technology. Okay. And again, it's not like super futuristic or anything. Yeah, we don't want to, we don't too much of a disparity. I like the clockwork uh, machine kind of idea, and maybe that's a little bit more advanced than what the most of the world has, and it's like a secret thing. I'm going to say I don't want a surprise boss talking about the tropes. Yeah. I, I hate that from a narrative perspective. I feel it's a bit of a cheat. I, I feel it's having the rug pulled out from under you. Like, I want to build up animosity towards this boss. I want to look forward to beating him. Mm -hmm. So what about this? This is an idea I've had. Because I've actually thought about this long before you suggested okay. <laughs> this little thing. What about the character that is actually working at your party? The party member that is actually the mole for the bad guy. And I've had an idea for the having a party member that's like a mole for the bad guys and they're the ones that actually kill the other party member that dies, can, yeah. the other prominent party member that dies, and then they become not necessarily the final boss or the main bad guy, but they're definitely like a top agent for them. I can look at and that. That, that sounds good. two party members that are permanently removed because I'm not looking for a Tales RPG-style redemption arc. I'm saying like, this character yeah, I'm with you. really betrayed you and really knew what they were doing and, and they was were not okay being with mind it. Yeah. controlled and they're like I'm really against you and then they're like a near the end of the game boss I'm, and you literally killed them I like all of that and avenge your other party member's death now what about a fight you're supposed to lose I love that narratively but I dislike that as a gamer I want since I'm creating it I'm voting for yes but I'm curious what you're since I'm, I'm we're writing it and like I said I like it as a story perspective mm -hmm. it irritates me as a gamer but I want a fight that you're supposed to lose but can win through sheer skill or grinding or determination okay and then there's you get something least, special there's at least some dialogue maybe there's an item that you get or something for accomplishing that. Ooh, I almost forgot to mention one thing I do want to add uh, that I know you're on board with is a boss glitch. Some yeah, secret, right. somewhere in the beginning of the game is some simple, unassuming item that when used on the end boss, and there's no reason you should think you can use it on the end boss, or you should, kills him in one hit. Or deals yeah, no, massive damage. I'm all about any glitch or exploit. I just, you can put it a game, so, yeah. I, I like it when there's a secret, because, and I, I think I've talked about this in one of the Home on the RNGs. For me, when I'm playing the game, by the time I get to the emboss, 
I'm done with this game. I'm ready for my ending now. I got here. I don't need the end boss to be the most challenging battle. What is fun is if there's a hidden boss oh, sure. in the game that does require real skill. And maybe we make that the top agent. Like, actually hunting him down. Oh, sure. Actually hunting him down could be off the path of the main narrative, a side quest, okay. a secret side quest, and he's the hardest boss to beat. That would be brilliant. So, that would be fantastic. But I want, I, and I'm not saying the, the end boss should be a cakewalk, but I want there to be some small way that somebody who plays the game goes, oh, by the way, you know, if you take that dagger from the second town, right. which is too weak when you pick it up, like it's already weaker than what you have, but you throw it at the end boss, it kills him in one hit. Yeah. Something That'd along those lines. Yeah. Well, there, we just covered a couple of things there with the, the hidden optional boss. Sure. I do want side quests mm -hmm. that aren't explained. They're just hidden little side quests. Like Final Fantasy IV with the spoon dagger. Yeah, and... right. I agree with that. I do want... Yeah, I do want... Yeah, I don't, I don't want the game to... Absolutely. I want somebody to be able to play the game on rails if that's what they want. Mm -hmm. If they want a straight walk from beginning to end, go for it. You don't have to do side quests. But I want there to be a reward for, hey, I haven't been to that city from the beginning of the game in like 12 hours. Let's go back there and see if anything's changed, and it has. Yeah. Perfect. What about mechanical things like, um, like you level up and it heals you? I do like a level up giving you full health. I always appreciate that in a game. It, It's nice when you're in, like, a hard dungeon and, like, boom, level up. Reprieve. Cool. I can keep going. So I do like that. And what about some mechanic to heal MP as you go along? Like, you... I'm thinking, like, just coming off of playing Dragon Quest Eleven, like, when your mages make physical attacks, they heal a little bit of their MP. Or, you know... Yeah, coming like off that. Golden Sun, one thing Golden Sun had me do... Usually I don't use a lot of magic in JRPGs because it's rationed, so I save it for emergencies. And um, that's what I don't like, is I don't like feeling like I can't really use this mage character, except in... But Golden Sun strange. allows you to just gradually replenish your MP as you're walking around, and that encouraged me to use magic a lot more in yeah. that game than I had before, so... Yes, I do want to find some way to encourage players to use magic more by small replenishments like that. Yeah. Something that keeps them going. I thought in I would say a level up should a... fully replenish MP as well. Yeah. Oh yes, definitely. But I loved in Dragon Quest Eleven the way you could have like Veronica physically attack and she would heal towards the end of the game like thirty MP. Yeah, and also you know you give them a free spell to suck enemy MP. Yeah. Uh, although any game I've ever played, that's not been a useful enough trade-off. Again, so maybe to, we make it a little more powerful. Yeah. Well, going back to Dragon Quest Eleven, uh, Serena I think also has a skill where she randomly uses no MP for magic. Well, Veronica also sometimes has an ability to cast the same spell twice she, for yeah, no cost the, the second time. Mm -hmm. Those were all really great magic mechanics that I saw in that game that are just fresh on. That really made me keep those girls in my party all the time and just use magic like gangbusters. Are we putting in gambling minigames? <sighs> no. I ha I hate... I'm okay with that. I hate... we you So, you can have a gambling minigame, but unlike the 
late 90s, early 2000s Final Fantasy games do not make that a requirement in any way, shape, or form. Not even for a side quest. Like, that needs to be 100% a separate thing that you can do that is a game within a game, but don't make it the requirement to get a dress sphere in Final Fantasy X, or don't make... Even Dragon Quest had one of the side quests there was like, you have to get a jackpot on one of the high stakes roulette tables or something like that. And I'm like, no, no, I'm never ever in a million years going to finish that quest because I don't care about that gambling. I'm okay with all. leaving that out entirely. Yeah, leave it out entirely if you ask me. Party size. I, three to four. I like three to four. I feel like that's manageable. I feel like you start to get beyond that and it becomes unmanageable. See, I always liked Final Fantasy. God, I hate that I, all my references are Final Fantasy. But Final Fantasy IV, where you had five, and that's like the most I've ever seen apart from... But I always felt like one of them wasn't necessary. Like, Edge wasn't necessary. Mm. Or, you know, like there was always somebody that wasn't really necessary. All right, we can go with four, but... I want the ability to hot swap in the middle of battle. Oh, certainly. I also like, and I'm just talking about trails, this whole uh, Trails of Cold Steel this whole time. So Trails of Cold Steel has four active party members and two reserve. And there are actually support abilities you can do with your reserve characters. Okay, and I, like I can that. see that. They're hot swappable and you get special support powers. People not in the party get XP. Yes, absolutely. I want them to level up at the same rate as the people in the party so that you can swap out. Yeah, I would love that. I would even be okay with like 75% experience, but no, they it would be ideal to do um, to do just as much experience. So, when we're looking oh. at the combat screen, mm -hmm. what does it look like? Well, my ideal game, and this is, again, going to be a little bit of a deep dive, is Grandia. <laughs> I don't know Grandia. I can't help so you. So Grandia is separate battle. So it's separate battle screen. You trigger a fight and you go into a sure. separate screen. You Your characters can move around the screen. Okay. There's a positioning element okay. to where your characters are. I'm there. So one of the actions that you can take during your turn is this character just runs from this space to this space. Because there are abilities that are area of effect, and there are abilities that do a line of damage, and so there's a positioning element. I was actually thinking a little bit like Trails, which is kind of what you're describing. It is a little bit like Trails, so. yes. Grandia I like because instead of having, instead of it being uh, like Trails is like a real grid, like a strategy RPG or something, but Trails is just like big areas on the, so it's not, you're, you're not moving a character like square by square or whatever. You're just saying, I want them in this giant area, or this giant area, or this giant area. That's why I like it. I also like the way uh, turns come up in Grandia. You have the bar. You have the, the like active time battle bar. Okay. Top of the screen, and you've got your little character icons. Your characters, and you've got the enemies, and they're moving along the little bar. And then when it gets to a certain point, that's your turn. I really just want it to be the Grandia battle system. I was thinking more in terms of turns, uh, looking at Octopath Traveler. Okay. Where it, oh, okay, sure. Where instead of there wasn't active bars, but it wasn't 
you could see whose turn was coming up next. So, okay, the enemy's going to attack, then yes. it's going to be this person's turn. that's what turn. you can do in Grandia. Yes, they're really kind of the same battle system. Because in Octopaths, you break the enemy, and then that takes away their turn from yeah. that segment of the so bar. So we would give the, some characters abilities to mess with enemy Correct. turns. And in Grandia, it is you take the character's little icon, and you throw it back. You throw it back different distances on well, the bar. We could make like one of the jobs a strategist, and their focus yeah. mm -hmm. is on manipulating party turns and versus enemy turns yeah. and moving that stuff around. Because we have to come up with jobs that are unique. I mean, we have to. Yeah. Another uh, great feature I would like, and it's only, there's only one game, there's only one series of games that I, well, two games, the second and third in a series, that ever did this. So Shadow Hearts 2 and 3 had a system where you create three parties. You can create three parties of characters, name them, label them, and then, like, R2 or whatever is a hot swap of those parties. Okay. Because I do want a large cast. Yes. And especially if you want a large cast, I loved, loved, loved in those games the ability to set up three parties. We had, like, you had, like, I think they had eight characters or something in that second one. And you set up three, you could set up three parties and then just swap them on the fly. Little R button tap. Okay. And you had a new party. And it was an excellent way to swap between characters. We are going to need a large party if we're actually going to lose two of the characters. Oh, yeah. Hidden characters. There has to be a couple of hidden characters. Optional hidden characters. No, I'm standing firm on this. I need it. I need people to be able to recruit characters and their friends go, I didn't know you could do that. So, okay. So do you want just a couple? Yeah, or do you want full-on Star Ocean, where there are only, like, two actual characters you have to have, and then you can fill... I like that you went Star Ocean instead of Suikoden, but... The other... Well, st so Star Ocean is where there are, like, there's like 14 characters total. There's only two that have to be in your party, and then you pick six more out of all the other 14. No, I just want a couple of hidden characters. It would have to be more than two, because if you're going to have a character that dies permanently, and a character that betrays permanently, sure. then you would have to have... But we can have 12 characters, and then two more optional okay. characters. I mean, we can have a large cast. I'm thinking Final Fantasy VI now. Yeah. They have a large cast, and yeah. there's two hidden characters. It's true. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I know we've played the game enough that they don't feel like hidden characters, but they right. are. they are hidden that's what I'm talking about I mean, here. at the end of the day, even, like, Mog is an optional character. True. Shadow is an optional character. Uh, yeah, in the second half. In a, in a sense. But you encounter Mog and Shadow just by playing. Just by playing. I'm talking about Umaro and Gogo, yeah. where you can play through the entire game, although I would like them to be characters that you meet narratively, so more like General okay. Leo. Sure. Yeah. Like, I want you to be able to encounter these characters, run into them, Maybe even they are briefly a guest in your party okay. for something, but actually recruiting them requires you to jump through a couple of hoops that you don't know about. Gotcha. That's what I'd like. I don't okay. want it to be completely out of, oh, if you just go down this tunnel, you will find this character you've never heard of who will join your... No, I want it to be, That'd be a lot people that make sense. I feel like what you sacrifice in characters like that is some of the narrative, because you can't really ever have them involved. 100% in what's going on, unless it's a side quest. Yeah. All they can have is a little, little, little flavor dialogue.
that is the problem with hidden characters. But I think if we had a large enough cast, it's okay. And we do make sure that they have a, a part in the story outside of being a party member. Okay. Um, I'm feeling like we're coming to the end of this, yeah. at least for now. Maybe we'll revisit it someday or map out the job map system. Map out the job system, yeah. I feel like that could be some fun to I do mean, another time. I mean, dental hygienist has to be on it. Fluoride! da 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 da, -da. This is why Russ and I aren't actually making a game. <laughs> We're just giving a much more talented person ideas. Russ and I are not making a game. <laughs> Ever. Water pick. <sighs> this was fun brainstorming. Okay. It was a fun thought experience. It is, uh, and I like that we're mostly on the same page, and the things that we disagree about, I feel we can meet in the middle. Maybe we should just meet in the middle. That's a song, right? I don't know. Okay. I've never heard of it. All right. Well. You know what is a song? You got them. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I should not bring inside jokes into this. Um... No, we're done. Uh, I apologize. Now that I brought in inside jokes, this is really over. Um, so that's just, if Russ and I made a game, that's some of the things you could look forward to. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see how other people feel about these topics or what suggestions other people have. So feel free to post comments. I promise I'll see them. And if they're good, I'll tell Russ about them. Yay. So uh, we'll see you guys next right. time.